This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Fly the W podcast. This is season one, episode number 10. We're calling this one That's Baseball. I'm Dustin Rhodes, the executive producer of the Mully and Haw Show, now live daily from 5.30 until 10 on 6.70, the score, your radio home for Cubs baseball. If you like what you're hearing on this podcast, you can hear me mornings 5 to 5.30 before we hand it off to Mully and Haw. And as always, I am joined by my buddy Crawley. Crawley, how are we doing? Doing good. You can follow me at Crawley's Cubs. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at FlyTheW670 and on Facebook, FlyTheW. We also have an email account, FlyTheW670 at gmail.com. And Dustin, that is baseball. We laughed about it before we uh, ended the last episode where the Cubs looked like they were going to get crushed by the Braves, and instead they took two or three. Then they dropped three or four for the, from the pirates. And then they come in and take two or three in St. Louis. He, you just can't predict this stuff. No, you can't. And that's a great way to label this one season one, episode 10. That's baseball. Okay. Before we even got into these series getting underway, we got, um, kind of surprising news, but news that both you and I both wanted. I don't mean to be mean or ill-willed, but the Cubs before that game, DFA, Jonathan Villar and activated David Bodie. Yeah, shot, you know, we knew that they were going to have to do something and 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 the potential idea was maybe Chris Morrell goes back down or something. We didn't know what was going to happen, but Bodie came and VR was actually in Friday's lineup. So, at Cubs Twitter releases the lineup. There's David, there's Jonathan VR playing second, and I'm just going, "Oh, here we go again." And that next thing you know, they DFA him and then they put out a new lineup with Bodie at second. So that was kind of shocking. Right. I mean, we, we knew what, we knew what Jonathan Villar was. He'd be a, an okay bench guy on an okay team. The Cubs, if they would, boy, Crawley, you want to talk about words. If they would have sent Morrell down instead of DFA somebody, mainly a Jonathan Villar, I mean, Ortega has been playing good. You wouldn't DFA him. And okay. I guess, I guess we need to see David Bodie. Okay. That's fine. We could see some more David Bodie. I think we know what he is. He's not lighting the world on fire, but he also shouldn't get uh, Wally pipped because he went on the IL for a while. Right. And, and we're going to talk a little bit about Christopher Morrell. You know, it's something that I warned about when, when he went on that 22 game on base streak is that the league is going to adjust and now it's up to Morrell to adjust back. And sometimes that can be tricky. And so we'll talk a little bit more about that, but it was like, you know, nothing against Jonathan BR. He just wasn't hitting that great. He had some good games, but the glove just killed you. So if this, you know, if this was pre DH era, he'd be a great bench guy. Like you said, to take a pinch hit at bat. Great for that. Um, during the DH era, if you wanted to use him just a DH, he's not the greatest hitter. He's doing okay. 
but putting him in the de- in defense is a liability. And what made me so mad the last time that we talked is that when you have a young pitching staff like the Cubs do, you need to have solid defense behind those guys so that those pitchers feel comfortable that if they execute their pitches, the plays will be made behind them. And that did not happen in the Pirates ser- uh, series. And Jonathan BR was a big part of that. Absolutely right. All right, let's get into Cubs Cardinals, which I do believe is one of, if not the greatest rivalries in baseball. It was Friday night. It was in St. Louis. It was Apple TV plus, which I do not have. We'll get to that in a moment, but I did have the app working in my pocket. I sat on the back deck and I listened to Kyle Hendricks win three, nothing over the Cardinals. How did it all work out Crowley? Well, you can't complain. Cubs win three, nothing. The funny thing is, is the last time Hendricks started was versus the Braves. And that team absolutely owns Kyle Hendricks. This start against the Cardinals, Kyle owns the Cardinals. And so he went 7.1 innings pitched. He gave a five hits, one walk, six Ks of shutout ball. And so in the top of the second, Wisdom singled. Nico Horner drilled one into the left field bleachers. That's his fourth of the season. The Cubs were up 2-0. Later on in the fifth, with one out, Morrell walked. Wilson singles, Hap doubled, and the Cubs are up a 3-0 lead. Bottom of the eighth gets a little bit dicey. Uh, Dylan Carlson for the Cardinals singles. Bader doubles. He had runners at second, third. Uh, Lars Newtbar strikes out swinging, and that was the end of Hendricks' night. Chris Martin came in, got Tommy Edmond to ground back to the pitcher, and then Nolan Gorman lined out to Nico to end the threat. Uh, and like I said about Kyle, after the game, Cardinals manager Oliver Marmol said, I'm ready for him to retire. That's my thought on Kyle Hendricks. He does a nice job and baffles the shit out of me every time, knows what he's doing, controls counts, mixes well, and keeps guys off balance. Yeah, I'm tired of seeing his face. So Oliver Marmol uh, sums it up. Uh, Kyle Hendricks is 13-3 and with a 2.69 ERA in 25 career starts against St. Louis. Yeah, those are unbelievable numbers. I I knew he was good against the Cardinals, but I had very very little faith going into it. Before we before we move on to game two, do you are you an Apple TV Plus guy? I do have. I have to watch all the games and Apple TV. I would say the first time I watched it, you were able to sync up with Pat and Ron. Ah, nice on six seventy. This time, I don't know. It wasn't working for me, so. Definitely frustrating. What I will tell you is the picture is phenomenal, like 4K quality. Uh, but I don't like the announcers. I, I was just, I mean, that was my next question. Who who had that game, Crawley? If you I remember, can't, I, don't I can't remember off the top of my head. They were so, but they were they were not memorable. So why remember remember their names? Right. It was it just irritated me, and it, and like I said, I was so frustrated because the last time I was able to sync with Pat and Ron from the app, so. You know, actually, maybe that was on the YouTube. There's so many different things. Yeah, I think so, it was many, YouTube, so many different platforms. YouTube, Sorry. you could sync. Apple, you couldn't. So the announcers just weren't good, and there was no – you can't pause it. So normally in the past, like if it was like a uh, four-letter network game on Sunday Night Baseball and I didn't like the announcers, you know, I would pause the game on my uh, TV, sync up Pat and Ron, and it would work perfect. You can't do that with the Apple. So the picture, awesome. The call, not so good. Not so good. All right, let's talk about game two. This was Saturday afternoon, and Adrian Sampson went for the Cubs against the Cardinals in game number two. They did drop that one five to three, but Sampson wasn't the reason why, right, Crowley? No, he went, he did great. He he was really baffling the Cardinals. He went five innings pitch, two earned runs, five Ks. 
he had some bad luck in the first inning. What ends up happening with two outs is Paul Goldschmidt singles, which again, Paul Goldschmidt, but Arenado doubled on this little cheap bloop to left. Uh, Goldschmidt gets to third. Brendan Donovan singles on a soft by, fall, uh, fly ball. That scores Goldschmidt and Arenado, and the Cubs are down 2 nothing. And this is what drives you nuts. Sometimes the Babbitt gods are not in your favor. Uh, Statcast on Arenado's double. That was a 74.3 mile per hour bloop. And Donovan's single was 58 miles per hour. That's just telling you these aren't hard hit balls. They just went in the right spot. Nothing. Uh, when you look at Samson, he made the pitches he needed to, and it just didn't work out. So in the top of the fifth, uh, Wisdom and Nico went back-to-back singles. Gomes flied out. Wisdom advances to third on that fly out. Uh, Rivas had a sack fly, and Wisdom scored Cubs trail 2-1. Uh, Nelson Velasquez, who singled, he started the game on a line drive to right. Nico moves to second. Runners at first and second. Two outs, but Morrell struck out swinging. Like I said, we'll talk about Morrell. Uh, bottom of the six, Rowan, uh, Rowan Wick was bad, but he able to get out of it without a lot of damage. Uh, he gave up a single to Arenado. He walked Donovan, so not a good start. Dylan Carlson doubles to score Arenado, and the Cubs are 3-1. Uh, Juan Yepes flied out. That was it for Rowan Wick. But Scott Efros came in and struck out Harrison Bader and Lars Newtbart to limit the damage. So the Cubs are still in it. Uh, top of the eight with one out, Chris Morrell singles. He advances on a balk, and then Rafael Ortega ties it up with a home run. And so fans are excited. Cup fans are excited. But in the bottom of the inning, it didn't hold. Mark Leiter came in for a second inning of work. Maybe Ross pushed that a little bit. Uh, with one out, Juan Yepes doubles. There's a wild pitch to move the pinch runner uh, to third. Uh, Bader was hit by a pitch. Uh, a sack bunt moves everybody. And then the cards take a four to three lead and then a five to three lead on a Tommy Edmonds single. So frustrating. They were, involved. they were in the game. It wasn't terrible. Interesting that Adrian Sampson got the start. And then we found out that uh, Matt Swarmer was not going to be used in a starting role, but he was going to be moved into a bullpen role. And it was a good thing he was because that kind of takes us into game three. We talked in the last episode, how many starts is Hayward going to get? And right before game three, Ross tells beat reporters that Hayward has a knee issue. So Hayward started Friday. Velasquez got to start Saturday uh, and he looked good. Ortega started Sunday in right field. So that was interesting. Yes, it was. Um, and so we move into game three and we've got uh, Alec Mills versus Jack Flaherty. Um, I think I said it in the last podcast or I said it for sure on the Mully and Haw show, which you can catch now 530 to 10 on 670 to score. I do not need to see Alec Mills anymore in a starting role unless it is an absolute emergency. Right, and then this was a spot start, and, and I think they wanted to try something with Swarmer, and it worked out. It just didn't work for Mills. Mills went uh, 2.2 innings pitch. He gave up six hits, five runs, one walk, and one K. Uh, Jack Flaherty, I talked about this in the last episode, that Jack um, only had two starts because he had a shoulder issue. And so what happens in this game is the Cardinals jump out to an early lead in the bottom of the first with one out Brendan Donovan triples, Goldschmidt walks, Arenado singles. Cardinals up one nothing right away. Uh, but the bottom of the second, Dylan Carlson is hit by a pitch. Bader flies out. Yvonne Herrera singles. Carlson moves to third. Edmund grounds into a force out. And now the Cubs trail to nothing. But it's the bottom of the third. Mills gets in trouble. He gives up three solo home runs to Donovan, 
Goldschmidt and Juan Yepes. He's pulled and Matt Swarmer comes in. And that's what we were talking about before is that what are these guys' roles? When we talk about Swarmer and Keegan Thompson and Justin Steele, and Swarmer may be one of those guys, and you saw Keegan have a lot of success before he was moved in the starting role, piggybacking. And Swarmer came in and really did a lot for the Cubs. I was impressed. I was really impressed. He looked confident out there. He's really dialed in. And I was going to mention this after game uh, two, but I saved it because I knew that Goldschmidt was part of the attack when Mills gave up the three home runs. You know, another guy, like, could we just walk Paul Goldschmidt? Like, what's the point of pitching to Paul Goldschmidt right now? It's a tough one. Uh, he, he's, a, he's a notorious Cubs killer. He was bad when he was with the Diamondbacks. He used to beat on the Cubs. And then the Diamondbacks, of course, trade him to St. Louis. Thank you, Arizona. And he continues to torment the Cubs. So if you're going to give up a solo home run, that's fine. If there's guys on base, I'd prefer to walk him. Right. All right. So the top of the fourth, Crawley, is when the Cubs got everything going in their way. Four singles in a row. Uh, Nico, Jan Gomes. Uh, Rivas and, and that allowed a run to score. So the Cubs trail five, one Bodie gets the fourth single in a row, which, so you got the bases loaded one out. Morel strikes out Rafael Ortega with a huge double Gomes and Rivas scores Cubs trail five, three and Wilson Contreras, uh, singled and Bodie and Ortega score to tie the game. And that's where it will remain until we get to the top of the fifth. We have the ghost runner on second, the courtesy runner on second, Nelson Velasquez. Wilson singles. The Cubs are up 6-5. They could have scored more. They kind of left some runners on base. But Robertson comes in and, and absolutely nailed it down for the save. But it was really the Cubs bullpen that was the true hero of that game. They pitched 7.1 innings of shutout ball. Two hits, two walks, nine Ks. Uh, Swarmer went 2.1 innings. Martin, Wick, Gibbons, and Robertson all contributed. And Robertson looked like a guy that another team would really like in the postseason, especially if the Cardinals are the team to uh, make it to the postseason out of the National League Central. So some good news out of this one, Crowley. We got to fly the W two times. I was just, don't get swept. Um, and then Saturday was Saturday, and I was like, okay, let's get this one on Sunday. The Cubs have won Four of their last five at Bush Stadium. Robertson picks up second save of the weekend. Contreras, four for 11, four 11, walks, three RBIs. Bad news, the mill start. We talked about that. And you had teased this now twice, so I'm going to let you talk about Christopher Morrell. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Yeah, uh, Christopher Morrell came, just absolutely exploded onto the scene. And I cautioned earlier that he's a young player. He didn't even go through AAA, jumped straight from AA. And he made it so that they could not send him back to Tennessee or even Iowa. He was doing so well. He had the on-base streak. Everything's looking good. But you're starting to see now that pitchers are got, have plenty of video on him now. They're starting to adjust to Morrell. He went two for 13 in the series, seven Ks, 10 left on base. And again, 
we talked about Wilson having a great series. He was awful. He, did, he was hitless in four games against Pittsburgh. He comes back and has a good series. But you expect that from a veteran. A veteran has that ability. Maybe it's just a little bad slump and you work your way out of it. Maybe, you know, maybe you make an adjustment uh, to kind of counter what the pitchers are doing to you. Now we see what happens with Morrell. You're seeing him getting a steady dose of breaking balls and a, a curveballs, sliders. They're not giving him the fastball. We've seen Morrell can hit the fastball absolutely fine. So we'll see what happens. Keep your eye on the Morrell situation. Uh, watch the next couple of series, and we'll see what happens. You're listening to the Fly the W podcast. This is season one, episode 10. We are calling this one that's baseball and something we've promised from the get-go on this podcast is a look into the farm system talk about the young guys that might be part of the future for the cubs i don't know about the next great cubs team but at least the next cubs good team this time no exception we've got alex cohen talking to us right now on the fly the w podcast You're listening to Season 1, Episode 10 of the Fly the W Podcast. We hope you like the interview we just had with Alex Cohen. Great guy. Now the Cubs had a day off on Monday. We're recording this on Monday. And then the Reds come to town. Yes, that is the Reds. They are in the cellar. The Cubs just ahead of them. Crowley, what are you expecting to see the next Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night with the Reds coming into Wrigley Field? Well, the Cubs are five and five in their last 10 while the Reds, uh, they, they had that awful start and then they had a good run and now they're slipping back. They're two and eight in their last 10. So we have, as we have the probables and, and you couldn't ask for anything better. So three pitchers that we really want to kind of take a look at. And, and, and if you wanted to line it up, this lines up perfectly for the Cubs. So hoping that they can really do, you know, the pitchers kind of come and, and do a great job against the Reds. So game one is Tuesday night at Wrigley. You can also hear it on the score. And a little birdie told me, Crawley, that you might actually be in attendance. Yeah, I'll be there. And I'm excited because it's Keegan Thompson's night. So a Keegan Thompson start. I'd uh, love to see it uh, versus Luis Castillo. Uh, when you look at, uh, and that's a 705 start on 670, the score, as we discussed. Uh, Luis Castillo is a guy that we really thought was just going to be a really dominant pitcher. And it just kind of hasn't worked out that way. Keegan's coming off two good starts against Atlanta and Pittsburgh. He hasn't faced Cincinnati so far this season so as a starter, so let's see what happens with that. Uh, Luis Castillo had, in his last two starts against the Diamondbacks, he went seven innings pitch, four hits, three runs, six K against the Dodgers. Um, and so we'll, he, he, he struggled in his last start. The Cubs do pretty well against Castillo. You, Wilson Contreras, if you're playing beat the streak, 467 and 15 at bats. So I'm excited about that. Ian Happ batting 364 and 22 at bats. Even Jason Hayward, his knee may be feeling better because he bats 333 with 24 at bats against uh, Luis Castillo. So, you know, good opportunity here. We'll see what happens. Well, if these are the final days of Wilson Contreras as a Chicago come, I'd love to see him beat up on Cubs pitching on his way out of town. All right, so that's game one. Again, Keegan Thompson is the thrower, and of course, all eyes should be on that. That's why Cubs fans should be dialed in to Cubs radio, this podcast, to see things like Keegan Thompson. And, and now game two. It's going to be on Wednesday, of course, at Wrigley Field, and it's Justin Steele Crowley in that one. Yeah, Justin Steele versus Hunter Green. 
Um, Steele's last start against the Reds, May 26. Uh, he gave up, it was a uh, one to forget two innings pitch, seven hits, seven earned runs, two walks, two Ks. That was the one where the Reds went off for like 20 runs. So not a great start for Keegan, but obviously he's done better against the Braves. He went five innings pitched, uh, five hits, two earned runs, three Ks. His last start against the Pirates. It's deceiving. He went 5.2 inning pitch. We talked about VR in his glove. That was the one where the defense was just awful. So, you know, he gave up seven hits, five earned runs, eight Ks though in that game. So he had to get six outs every inning. So it wasn't really his fault. Uh, Hunter Green is that, you know, young uh, Reds prospect that's just throwing a lot of heat. Uh, two starts to go against the Brewers. He went five innings pitch, four hits, four un- earned runs, six Ks. So, and in his last start, he went uh, five innings pitch, nine hits, six earned runs, two walks, and three Ks. But Hunter Green can really uh, put it up there, you know, triple digits every now and then. So I'd like to see how he does against uh, Christopher Morrell. That might be a good matchup, but neither teams ha- have huge numbers against each other. There's not a lot of uh, that you can glean from the numbers there. No, and again, Justin Steele, worth the price of admission. I will be tuned in. I will be listening. I'm really excited. Keegan Thompson, game one on Tuesday. Game two on Wednesday will be Justin Steele. And then, Crowley, we get game three. We get Kyle Hendricks. We talked about him in the first segment of the podcast. He had an unbelievable night down in St. Louis against the Cardinals and just was able to beat them, which just made me smile from ear to ear. So we get a Kyle Hendricks and we like to see if he can put two good quality starts together in a row. So against the Reds on 525, last time he faced them, he didn't do terrible. It was, it was four innings pitch, five hits, four runs, one walk, one K, but it was a uh, Joey Votto, one man wrecking crew there. The Cubs lost four to three, but Votto tripled in Homer and had three RBIs. So, as we talked about earlier, Hendricks stinks against the Atlanta Braves and he's awesome against the Cardinals. So the last two starts, that's who we faced. So we'll see how he does against Cincinnati. Hopefully, like you said, another quality start. Uh, Graham Ashcraft made his first start May 22nd. So he wasn't originally part of the Reds rotation, but he's had two starts, uh, uh, two starts to go against the Brewers. He went five innings pitch, eight hits, six earned runs. But the last start against the Giants, he went eight innings pitch, six hits, two earned runs. So let's see what the Cubs do. They've never faced him in any kind of role before. So hopefully uh, they can get to him and score some runs. Absolutely. We want the Cubs to score more runs. We want to fly that W. I'm going to say two out of three in this one. We'll get Crawley's prediction in just a minute. But earlier today, Monday, on the Mully and Haw Show, John Heyman always joining the guys in the 7 o'clock hour. You can catch the interview on the Odyssey app if you missed it. But we had a piece of sound in regards to Kyle Hendricks that we wanted to share with you. It's going to be, you know, something that is is uh, it's, it's easy to identify this rebuild. Now, in that context, Kyle Hendricks, he was great on Friday night. Vintage Hendricks. Is he somebody that you think will be uh, pursued during the trade deadline? Will teams want to look at that two years left and $30 million on his deal and think, okay, we'll give up something for a Kyle Hendricks to help us in a pennant race? Yeah, I I do think so. I mean, even when he was going poorly uh, for most of this year, I thought teams would be interested in Kyle Hendricks. He's certainly reliable. He's one of the few pitchers who never seems to be hurt, and he does have it in him. We've seen it, obviously, in the past. Um, so, And there's a lot of need for starting pitching all around baseball. So I, I do expect that he, there will be a market for Hendricks. 
I'd put him on that list with Robertson, <clears throat> Contreras, and uh, and the other Cubs players who will be out there in the market and uh, be pursued by other teams. So that was from the Mully and Haw show earlier today, 670 The Score. You can check out the interview in its entirety on the Odyssey app. You can always listen on the Odyssey app when we are live as well. Again, this is the Fly the W podcast, Season 1, Episode 10. Title of this one is That's Baseball. And Crawley, I'd get, love to get your reaction to Kyle Hendricks potentially moving on from the Cubs. That surprised me a bit, and I, I will tell you why. I think that Kyle... When you're talking about needing pitching for the playoffs, usually you're looking for guys that are going to push you over the top. And I think Kyle Hendricks in 2016, 17, 18 was that guy. Is Kyle Hendricks a guy where, you know, on a playoff caliber team, where would he slot in? Would he be a top three starter? Remember when you get into the postseason, usually most teams don't go more than four starters. You never see a fifth starter. And now more and more, you're starting to see him being, you know, three starters. So I just don't know if a, a true playoff team has Kyle Hendricks in the top three of their rotation. The other thing I think about is that the Cubs have to have something. You have, you literally can't give away every single player on your roster and feel the triple A team. I know that's what it feels like right now, but that's not what's happening. Kyle Hendricks is a guy that as, as John Heyman points out, he stays relatively healthy. He takes the ball 30 times, however many times a season and, and, and can give you a lot of good quality starts. I think he has more value as a bridge guy to the next good Cubs team. I, I just can't imagine. I mean, what would you have if you got, you want more Alec Mills start you you've seen with when all of our guys were injured here, when you're talking about Stroman and Miley Smiley and even Kyle, who, who missed a couple starts with, a, you know, resting his shoulder a little bit, how bad that was, how the young guys got tattooed, how the bullpen got abused uh, and, and overworked. And it just has an absolute domino effect. You have to have some major league ready starters. We we've talked about it ad nauseum about how we're seeing Miley and Smiley looking like they're gone, no doubt. And then you have Stroman who's on a pretty good contract, but I, you have to at least have two quality major league starters, even if they're not the top tier starters. Uh, and you have to have some depth behind that. And so there's no way I can see them trading Kyle Hendricks. I don't know about you, Dustin. I, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying and I, I don't disagree at all. The, the, I guess it's all about the future and what you're going to get back. Um, if they think the division is going to be winnable next year, then keep Kyle Hendricks around because he is also baseball affordable, right? He's got about 30 million left after next year over the course of two years. So that's, you know, I'd love to have 30 million over the course of 20 years, but in two years of baseball, that's affordable these days. So you'd have to knock my socks off as a fan on what you were going to get back. If you were indeed going to move on from Kyle Hendricks. The other thing I question is, you know, how much does Kyle Hendricks want to get involved in the progression of, you know, your Justin Steele's, your Keegan Thompson's, your Caleb Killian's. Does he want to be that, that kind of a, a mentor, if you will. And I think he could do good in that if that was something he wanted to do. So Crowley, before we wrap this one up, I had said two out of three. Are you uh two out of three? And are you talking about getting the broom out in this one? Boy, two out of three seems, seems really good, but uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to go with the sweep. I'm going to say the Cubs take it. I, I, I have a feeling that Keegan and Justin are going to look really good. 
And then the Kyle one has me a little bit more nervous, but you know, against Graham Ashcraft, I think hopefully that the, the Cubs can uh, adjust to him fairly quickly and, and we can take the broom out, fly the W three times. And, and Wrigley always sings a little bit louder when it's a sweep. All right. Two out of three for me, Crowley's got the sweep. And I'll tell you what, if they don't win one, there'll be language for both of them. That would be on season one, episode 10. So season one, episode 10 is in the books. That's baseball. We'll be back with episode 11 later that this week. We appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate you guys liking. We encouraging you guys to subscribe if you have not already. How about you, Crowley? Absolutely. And follow us on all our socials on Facebook, fly the W on Instagram and Twitter, fly the W 670. And don't forget to email us any thoughts, suggestions at fly the W 670 at gmail.com.